All right. Welcome to another edition of the Racket Rundown Podcast. Today, we're discussing Thursday. So I believe this is day four at Wimbledon. And a lot of great results today. Some great matches in progress here. Um, and I guess the one that's top of mind is Murray and Tsitsipas. Um, you know, Kiel's had a close eye on that one, watching that one throughout. So, Akil, what do we make of the three sets played thus far? Um, who do you think picks it up and, and closes out tomorrow? And, you know, speaking for Murray, what do we think about, you know, what his prospects look like looking at how his section has opened up? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, uh, this is really, really high, high level stuff, I think. Um, through those opening three sets, um, you know, and it, it got suspended due to pushed over to finish tomorrow due to the curfew. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean, really encouraging signs, I think, for both. You know, it was a really, really good match, as as well as Tsitsipas has played since uh, the beginning of this year. Um, I, I mean, I, I picked Murray just off of, you know, how rough Steph's had it this grass court season. Uh, I didn't feel like, I, I said this yesterday, that I didn't feel um, more encouraged of that because, uh, yeah, on the surface, CT boss going five with team first round does it doesn't seem like a great look. But if you watch that match, obviously that one also played at a really high level, and uh, you know Stefano's played yeah about as well as I've seen him on on grass through those opening three sets. Just absolutely redlining off the off the serve and forehand for the most of the pretty much two the opening two sets. Uh, um. And considering that Murray, you know, weathered that as, uh, you know, able to, through two sets, only faced one break point. And at seven, I was like, he didn't face any break points through the opening two sets. Uh, Murray wasn't even able to create one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think all those stats, you know, winners on Forcera, super clean. So, like, CT Boss said, well over... F- 50 and 20 something, I believe when we stopped Murray at like 30 and eight, I want to say around the ballpark of, um, so yeah. Uh, and it was as high quality as, uh, you know, those numbers would suggest. Um, I feel like either, you know, whatever happens for Murray, um, in this one, because I think the, uh, to begin with the, how we, end up on the restart does hinge on uh you know Murray's Murray, if if that slip at the end of the third set on the second to last point of the of that you know of that set where um you know he yelled out in pain and then uh was down for a bit um yeah everyone had their heart in their mouths at that at that point uh yeah, just hoping that that wasn't, um, you know, that wasn't something that would potentially end the match or set Murray back again because, you know, I mean, everyone knows that's the last guy in the world that, that you know, needs to be hit with a, with a bad injury again, um, especially given how well he was playing. Um, 
but obviously he only needed one more point to it was it was uh 40 15 when he slipped so still had one more chance uh delivered a winning first serve after that um for the set body language he seemed okay and he was insisting on continuing the match so um you know i i would think it wasn't it wasn't uh terrible but um yeah i mean uh, assuming that it isn't it isn't something that hampers him tomorrow um i i would like i would back murray to be able to close that one out um you know if if he's not obviously it's a problem if if ct boss plays it anywhere near the level he was today um because you know the ct boss hitting his forehand as well as he was if um if Murray's movement is at all compromised, that's uh, that's pretty much wraps. And um, yeah, I, but assuming he's he's okay, I, I again I like I like Murray to close. He was serving exceptionally well as well. You know, as I said before, with the break points phase, minimal pressure on this, and the serve bailed. Serve was really what kept Murray in range comfortably throughout that portion of the match with CT Plus redlining. So you know, if you know all that, all that considered, and Murray has been tinkering with like a new service move. I hadn't seen him during the challengers or any of this grass season really, but. You know, it was a much more abbreviated upright serve motion, and it seemed to be paying dividends through these opening two rounds, making life easier, where, you know, his movement is not what it used to be. So, you know, easier points are definitely appreciated. And, yeah, I uh, all the right signs for, for Andy Murray. This is as good as, again, as good as he has looked um, in this metal hip era. And, uh you know, given the intangibles, how mentally tough he is, how um, British crowd at his back, electric atmosphere out there today. Yeah, I like Murray to, you know, see it through tomorrow. And uh, obviously is uh, just, you know, last note. It, whoever wins this, you know, if they play the way they did this match. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really manageable section to at least make it through the you know, through two of the quarters, and then you have a potential Medvedev there, I think, which wouldn't be insurmountable for either playing this way. So, yeah, I mean, really exciting stuff. Potentially the match of the tournament to this point, quality-wise. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's pretty sweet for Steph, you know, because it seems like, uh, you know, although he's had a shitty grass court season, I mean, good match with team coming back, giving a great effort today with Muzz, and who knows where it goes tomorrow, but, you know, special shout-out to Steph for for playing really well. Um, but I guess as we switch gears, look at a few other, you know, top 10 fellows, Casper Root is out, and you know, perhaps more shockingly, Taylor Fritz unfortunately went out today, um, and that was unexpected, especially considering he was up two sets and then just kind of folded. Um, what do we make about these two results? You know, Casper obviously is not your natural grass quarter. Um, he was, you know, warming up for the tournament by playing golf instead of playing tennis tournaments on the grass. So, I mean, I don't know how much we could have expected out of him, but, you know, T Fritz is 
T Fritz, we had some expectations of. So, I mean, what do we make of this? Yeah. So I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't shocked by Grasp or Rude losing today. Um, like you said, almost no prep going in. Um, didn't play any tune up tournaments, not even any challenger tournaments on Grasp going in. So going in cold turkey, basically, and he's never gone past the second round here. Um, definitely his worst, worst major results wise. Um, and Brody is a tricky lefty, uh, been on tour a while and being a Brit, um, hometown favorite, the crowd was thoroughly behind him. So I wasn't shocked um, by the result, although I think Casper still should have won. And the fact that he wilted physically so much in that fifth set to not even get a game and not even make that competitive down the stretch was a little mind boggling to me, um, and worrisome, uh, moving forward for him. Um, but yeah, Taylor Fritz is definitely the bigger shock. And, uh, this is becoming a pattern now of Taylor really underperforming in slams. Um, for someone of his pedigree as the top American, as someone who's gotten to the top five now, he's won big titles in Indian Wells. And to only have one quarterfinal or better appearance at a major in his career is just not going to cut it at this point. Um, you know, especially when you're up two sets to love, dominating a guy playing in the third round here for the first time in Mikhail Emer, a talented player, don't get me wrong. Um, but when you're up in that in that close to winning position and completely, you know, give it away like that, it it's it's really something. And um a big theme for Taylor in these slam losses to lesser players since his quarterfinal run last year at Wimbledon is just how much he gets down on himself mentally. You just see him just, the body language goes south, um, barking at the box. And it's really something to where if if Taylor's going to reach his potential in slams, he's got to improve the body language, in my opinion. I think that's number one. And everything else will fall into place after that um, in terms of, you know, hitting hitting loosely from the baseline and pressure situations, you know, clutch serving and finishing points of the net and all this other stuff that's important to his game. You know, it's all going to come from the body language and Taylor's an expressive player, but he needs to, he needs to rein that in and stay positive because this is a very worrisome trend moving um, that we've seen for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate, you know, I mean, last year's performance at Wimbledon, was exceptional. Um, you know, even though he didn't get over the line with Rafa, it really seemed like he was, you know, trending up and, and hopefully, you know, being a future threat on the grass and, you know, maybe going deep, really, really deep at Wimbledon. Um, and this year he just, you know, really underperformed expectations. But, you know, speaking of a few other Americans, uh, unfortunately we saw some losses today with uh, Ben Shelton going out. JJ Wolf going out. Um, and then we saw Francis Chiafo take care of business um in straights, which is great. And we saw Tommy Paul um get a quality win over Milos Ronich in four sets. And Marcos Giron is down two sets to one, and that's gonna be finishing up tomorrow. So with all these guys in mind, um you know, what do we think about the remaining Americans in the draw? It seems like Tiafo and Tommy Paul are looking pretty good. Um, can we expect these guys to go deep? Obviously, 
We know their draws is a little tough, especially for Francis up next with Dimitrov, I believe. So what do we think about their outlook? Um, I mean, Tiafo, I think, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be a tricky match with, with Dimitrov next. Uh, prob- probably. I mean, somehow this is actually Grigor's for, uh, you know, he's, he's a really good grass court player, but somehow this is his first, uh, round three here since 2017, I believe. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, another example of this being his best year since that career year, but, um, yeah, I think uh, you know Fran- Francis. Is, Francis, I I expect him to get through that. Problem. It it probably will be tough, but uh, yeah, I I I just think he's in better form, better confident, more confident, more reason to be confident off the title. Um, and yeah, I, he's just been surging over the last uh, you know, more than half a year now. So, or almost the last year basically so um yeah I, I and i think he's really done a great job taking care of, of business here in the early rounds you know it's just uh another microcosm of his improvement taking care of business and straights yibbing woo could have been tricky could have easily taken a set off him and you know tiafo down a break several times in that third up two sets didn't didn't let it slip um and yeah, you know, more of the same today. Pretty efficient after after a tough tough opening set. Um, I was you know I was surprised by how how uh, thoroughly Dimitrov beat Ivashka as well. Um, I thought I I definitely thought Ilya could take take a set there at least. Uh, but yeah, Grigor wrapped him up uh pretty pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, that that probably is the match that's gonna determine who sees. You know, most likely Alcaraz in the quarterfinals. Um, much like you know, we expected Sinner Fritz to be the match to determine uh, who who goes to the semis, really, and the in the other half. But uh, you know, otherwise, Tommy Paul. Uh, you know, I I think coming into the tournament, I was worried about. Uh, yeah, that injury from Eastbourne, but it seems like that doesn't doesn't seem to be an issue, thankfully. So he's he's looked good, you know. Straight sets could have in the opener. Straight could have easily been straights today. I think he, you know, served served for the third and uh, had a couple of match points at four or five. Also with the uh, Brownich serving to stay in it. Um, yeah, I I think he gets Medvedev down the line would be like fourth round, I believe. Um, but yeah, I mean he Lehechka is is uh I don't know I don't know what to what to think on on grass. You know, is got off to a really great start to the year and uh, you know battered Sarundalo today. Um, in in their second round, um. I think Tommy should get through that, and uh, you know he does. He does have have the type of game that maybe could give Medvedev some issues. Um, but oh, Daniel Daniel looked really good today. Um, yeah, was beating Menorino pretty good. Um, heading into their suspension. 
overall with Americans, I it's not that much of a secret that you know Francis probably has the you know the best prospects moving forward now with Fritz out. Um, and yeah, my my thoughts on it. Like I I also just want to give a a a little bit of uh you know Fritz. Fred seemed really seemed like you know this year he was he was putting it to last year he was putting it together and so not only the Nadal quarter but uh, also you know put up a really good fight against uh, Cipas out in Australia last year I think he lost like in five in the fourth round and uh, yeah I I honestly thought after getting by Hoffman this could be you know a bit of demons you know gotten gotten over with these early round matches turns out you know an even even worse collapse followed not not long after where it seemed like he was cruising to win so yeah i mean that's that's he's he's got a lot of baggage now in these in these majors it's going to be it's going to be looming over him and it's it's definitely going to be a mental hurdle he's going to need to clear soon and yeah, look, I'm not trying to belabor the point here, but I think, you know, this performance out of Fritz and, you know, as we look at Tiafo sort of, you know, surging now, you have Tommy Paul also kind of catching up here. When we're thinking about the top American and, and the best American prospect to win a major, because ultimately we'd all be, you know, remiss if, if we, if that's really top of mind for all of us American tennis fans, we want to see a major winner. You know, who do you guys have as being, you know, the highest potential or or the most likely future American Grand Slam champion at this moment in time. Because, you know, I, I thought it was going to be Taylor. I really did, especially with this year last year. But, you know, you can't ignore Tiafo making the semis at the Open, you know, pushing Alcaraz five and just generally being a pretty consistent player this year in the top ten. So, I mean, where do we think American tennis is headed with, with the current crop of guys? in terms of one of these guys who can make a push? I think American tennis is still trending in the right direction. Uh, I think the depth is really strong now, and um, we see players taking over kind of the top reign that Isner had for a while, and then, you know, Sock briefly, and, you know, Sam Corey was up there for a while too, um, breaking into the top 10 and, and starting to win, you know, major uh, uh, master, sorry, and then um, like Taylor and Indian Wells and, making deep slam runs like Francis at U.S. Open. And I ultimately would say um, Francis has the best chance right now um, to win a major. Um, I, I would have said, if you would have told me maybe a couple months ago, I would have probably said Taylor. Um, but the recent trend of, 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 of losses to players clearly worse than him in majors is very troubling. And I think Francis has shown that he's starting to more consistently make deep runs at majors. For a while, Francis was um, very hit or miss inconsistency in terms of he would go out first round or he'd make the Australian open quarters, you know, stuff like that. But now he's starting to handle the early rounds with better ease, um, even even tricky opponents like a Yibing Wu. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he's the most likely. I think he's got the most talent of all the young Americans. Um, and he's got the right positive mindset, which is crucial. And that's what Taylor's lacking right now. So I, I think he's right up there. Um, other players have some tools and some promise like Sebi Corda. I could see him winning a major way down the line. 
um, but he's just not there yet. Um, and Tommy Paul is talented, but uh, I, I don't trust him to beat like some of the top names, like or hang with them to the degree that that uh, 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 um, that Francis does. So I would say Tiafo, um, but wouldn't surprise me if Accorda won a major down the road. Um, yeah, that probably those two. If Taylor ever figures out the mental side, you know, I won't rule out him winning a major either. But I think Tiafo is most likely. Yeah, and I mean, I guess Ben Sheldon is is too early to tell. Um, but yeah, you know. I think that, you know, hopefully he, he joins that conversation. Uh, I think it can be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I guess as we look to tomorrow, one hell of a schedule. I mean, if you look at center here, I mean, I think this has got to be some of the best lineup, you know, on, on center court at Wimbledon in, in a few years. Like, I mean, we got Alcaraz playing Mueller and then we have, Murray and Sitsipas to finish up on the women's side. You got Ega playing, and then you know again on the men's we have an absolute cracker. I mean, Stan versus Novak. I understand that Stan is is older now and everything, but I mean, if you're a longtime tennis fan, you absolutely gotta love Stan the man. I mean, this guy saved men's tennis effectively. Like, I mean, this guy is the reason that. You know, Novak didn't get three quick calendar slams in you know, the period of, you know, maybe 2015, 2016. And uh, I don't know what the third would have been, but maybe this year, I guess. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, mean, I got to say, like, that that's the matchup that catches my eyes being super, super exciting. Um, so, you know, before we get into some of the out, outside court matches, um, really would love to hear what you guys think, you know, especially about that, you know, Walrinka-Novak matchup. I mean, yes, I, I agree that most likely we're going to probably see Novak clean it up in, in three or four, but I don't know. Stan's, you know, straight set of that first round, four sets in the second round. I don't know. I think uh, I think people are sleeping on Stan the man here. Yeah, it's it's it ain't no cracker to me. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I I would be super I would be super impressed if if Stan you know put up the put up as much resistance as as Jordan Thompson did last last round. That's uh, yeah. But that be, that being said, obviously it's uh, you know great great that he's here uh, to clean up Rusevorian straights and then. Uh, Echeverry, um, you know, getting that done in in a pretty pretty routine four is a is a great effort, and uh, it, he he's another guy that's getting no favors from the schedule. Is uh, it's going to be playing back to back on to you know having won that Echeverry match today, back on center tomorrow, um. I wouldn't have picked Stan to like, I like I I I would have seen a hard time picking Stan to you know really threaten Djokovic if this match happened in in twenty fifteen even with the scar tissue of of Roland Garros and it was very close to happening in the semis when uh, Stan lost in a marathon to to Richard Gasquet in the in the quarters that year so. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I like, I, I, maybe, like, he'll take a, tops, he'll take a set, but even that, like, I, I kind of see that as, uh, you know, kind of, thinking, kind of ambitious, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the lead, I think they played, uh, they've played once, um, since Dan came back from this, um, successive uh, it's it's another additional knee surgery on top of the one after like 2017 um it probably it doesn't mean much with it being on clay um but i mean that the and pretty early in stands stand coming back last year but um you know drogovic get, gave him a two and two then um it stands playing much better now, so you know. It, I think you know it, it's it's great nostalgia, obviously for for everyone who who watched those uh, tremendous Djokovic Vavrinka slam matches from twenty thirteen to uh, you know twenty sixteen, really even twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. You know, Djokovic had to retire from their match at the U.S. Open, but he, he stand even then was capable of bringing it. Um, to a greater extent that I than I think he is now. Um, so yeah, I. It's 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 great to see Stan here. Great for nostalgia, but I I don't see much resistance out of him tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I I am biased. I'm a huge Stan the Man guy. I uh, you know, I want to get the same quote tatted on my arm. You know, ever tried, ever failed, no matter. I'm not going to say the rest of the quote because that's too cringe. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I hope it's a great match. And I guess as we look to the outer courts here, um, yeah. So, I mean, Demonar to play uh, Berrettini, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Sinner playing Hollies. Runa playing Carbeas-Bena. Um, any trouble, or Hercotch is playing Musetti, that should be a good matchup as well. Rublev to play Gothan. Do we expect any upsets here, or do we think business as usual for these guys? Yeah, so let me go through some of the matchups you said. Musetti, Hurikach. Um, Musetti is the higher seed, but I think the odds favor Hubie, and for good reason. Hubie is much more experienced on grass, having made a semi here, of course, beating um, an injured Roger Federer in 2021. Um, and he is a favorite and I think he will win, but I don't really call that an upset. Um, yeah. uh, other than that, um, you mentioned, uh, Sinner Ali, um, Ali is dangerous. I, I think Sinner might have his hands full. Ali's looked good, um, getting a nice upset win on Dan Evans first round and then following that up against, um, the tricky, uh, Illinois, former Illinois star, uh, Alexander Vukic, um, I think that might go four or five sets, honestly. Um, but I, I think Sinner will learn his lesson from his his French marathon loss to Altmaier, and I think he'll pull through against um, Ali in five. Um, some of the others, um, like you said, uh, Berrettini, Demon are. Demon didn't look that great um, uh, today and yesterday because their match went over two days due to uh, darkness. Um, the first day, um, Mateo, 
it looks to be in much better form than he did earlier on the grass season, getting his revenge on Sunday go after getting absolutely dusted in Stuttgart. Um, do I see him being demon? Hmm. That that's a toss up. That that's a real toss up. I think you could argue either way. Um, I think demon is still going to be in better form coming in, having made the Queens final. Um, and I, I think Berrettini's fitness could be a big issue. Um, and that could be a big mismatch. Um, Demon can run around all day for three, four hours if need be. Um, I, I don't know if I trust Mateo's fitness level. I mean, Sonigo is a, a bit of a grueling four-setter. So um, I think I'm going to lean Demon there. I don't think I'm going to see the upset. Um, I will call one upset for tomorrow. And the big serving American, Christopher Eubanks, is getting the upset on Cam Norrie. On court one, uh, Eubanks winning the Mallorca title coming in. He's in hot form. Um, Nori's kind of had a bit of a disappointing year since, you know, February when he won Rio over Alcaraz. Um, and I really think Eubanks loves this surface. Um, his his game is is suited for the surface well. Huge serve, huge forehand. Um, has strong mental toughness. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Cam being the top ranked Brit right now on the men's side. And I think Eubanks pulls that out in five sets. So I think that'll be an epic. So that's the upset I'm going with tomorrow. Other than that, Ryan, you called that yesterday though? Because I mean, we, we had that on the docket yesterday, didn't we? They didn't. <laughs> what changed between yesterday and today that made you decide that Eubanks is now going to get this upset? Uh, what changed is that I need to pick it. Uh, I went over the field yesterday with Roundage, my Roundage pick going in flames, my Feast upset pick going in flames, and I had another upset pick that oh, JJ Wolf went up in flames. So I, I, I gotta, I gotta get one back on the board. So I'm going with the Eubanks pick. You gotta, so. you gotta ride with the Americans, you gotta die with the Americans. That's the only amen, way. amen. Amen to that. So, so uh, no, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to see you, Banks, get that win, and I think it's pretty realistic. So let's hope for that. Um, you know, aside from that, looks like Medvedev is, you know, going to take care of business up two sets. Um, other than that, I think that about wraps up the schedule for tomorrow in terms of notable matches. Um. And I'm yeah. low key. I, I, I'm low key leaning Berrettini there. Um, you know, just real quick. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. Fitness is an issue, but but Mateo, like Mateo's this this is kind of similar territory last year too, where Mateo. How old is Mateo now? Not twenty. Five-ish? No, he's got to be 27. 27. He's got to be older than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 27 is still a young fella. I mean, the guy should have gas in the tank. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, Berrettini, like, was in a similar position last year where uh, he can can get hot real quick. We've seen it before. Last year, um, he he also came in on short on match play. You know, after Indian Wells, he didn't really play until grass won two tournaments. You know, like it was nothing. It's easy to forget that, um, you know, considering ended up getting the positive uh, COVID tests prior to the tournament. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's Wimbledon. It's a big service paradise. Um, that's a huge win for his confidence. Definitely his best of the year. Um, 
and yeah, demon ain't demon didn't look great. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning Berrettini, but I, I'm, I'm a little partial to him because I do, I love the way Berrettini competes in spite of having his limitations. He's, he's awesome. A lot of guys on tour could, could, who, who have more well-rounded games could do with emulating Matteo Berrettini's competitiveness. Yeah, that's completely fair. Um, you know, I guess uh, keep an eye out for that match. We have uh, some passionate fans on both sides, some uh, some big supporters of Demon and Berrettini here. So, you know, all eyes on that match. I'll be watching Stan the Man versus Novak, but uh, keep an eye out for that one. So uh, I guess that about wraps up this edition of the Racket Rundown podcast. Looking forward to a hell of a day of tennis tomorrow. And uh, let's hope the the matchups live up to the bill. And, uh, yeah, and stand the man I trust. Signing off. Thanks for tuning in.